If you saw that Michigan game, you know they had quite a comeback, didn't they? It was an amazing comeback. You know, in 2001, the Arizona Diamondbacks came back in the last of the ninth inning to beat the New York Yankees. They were the underdogs, but they came back. A good friend of mine, Keith Hershey, says, Don't let a setback cause you to sit back. Prepare for a comeback. I believe that Jesus Christ is the comeback champion of the whole world. He came back. He came back. Sports Illustrated back in 2001 did an article on all the different comebacks that have taken place over the years. And Japan and Germany were a part of it. And uh, for the rise of their economy since the ending of World War II, Harry Truman was on the list because he came back to beat Mr. Dewey. Didn't look like he was going to make it. But he became the President of the United States. Elvis Presley came back. Thank you very much. Elvis Presley came back. His career was sagging, but he came back on television and his career just once again took off. Amen. I mean, just came back. Just, yeah. Yeah. just awesome. How about Michael Jordan? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. MJ. MJ came back. Yeah. He stopped playing basketball for a while, tried baseball out, didn't work out, but he came back and has had two more rings as a result of him coming back. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Oh, but the number one comeback of all time by Sports Illustrated, listen to this statement, Jesus Christ, A.D. 33. (laughs) It says he stuns the Romans and defies critics by his resurrection from the grave. And you and I have a living hope, a hope that is alive because he got up. The God-man was down for the one count, for the two count, for the three count. But on that third morning, love rolled up his sleeves, snatched the keys of hell and death and said, Come on, we're getting out of here. He took the sting out of death and victory out of the grave. And he rose triumphantly. And he is alive. So, you've been beat up a little bit? You need to come back? No problema. (laughs) Jesus is alive. He's here today. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. He is the same healing Jesus. He is the same loving Jesus. He is the same Jesus who is the good shepherd of the sheep that gave his life for you and for me. He said, I am, not will be, not was. He said, I am the resurrection. That's right. Hallelujah. He said, I am the life. Thank you, Lord. And whoever believes in me, though he were dead, he'll live. I was dead. Were you dead at one time? I was part of the living dead. I went down to the pit of drugs. I don't know what your pit is, but the good news is, is he lifts people out of the pit. The Bible says he satisfies the longing. So he even lifts the poor out of the dunghill. Oh, hallelujah. He raises up all those that are cast down. He is. The bishop of our souls. And you know what? He's got our back. He's got you. He loves you. And you know what? All he's looking for is some faith. Somebody says, well, I wish I had faith. Hey, man, you already got it. 
Amen. God has placed on the inside of every one of you faith. It's something that it, it, it gives you victory over the world. Say with me, I have a measure. A mountain moving faith. Oh, thank you, Lord. There's no pit too deep that he'll not lift you out of. How many of you know life sometimes can seem like the pits? Ever gotten a bad report from a doctor? It's the pits, right? But never, never settle on the doctor's report being the final word. You are the establishing witness. You see, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is always greater. But you've got to know what the report says. You know, in Isaiah chapter 53, which is the great substitutionary sacrifice chapter in the Bible, Isaiah saw this by the Spirit. He said, Isaiah 53, 1, he says, Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Whenever you look in the Scriptures, the arm of the Lord is very significant because it is, it is the arm of the Lord that raised Jesus from the dead. And so basically what he is saying is this, is that the arm of the Lord, His resurrection power, will be revealed or realized in the life of a man or woman who will simply believe the report. Amen. We sing a song, whose report will you believe? Well, I'll tell you what report I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. And I want you to notice what the report of the Lord says concerning your life. Turn me to Isaiah chapter 53. And let's look at verse 4 and 5. Isaiah, the 53rd chapter. You may need a comeback, but you're coming back today. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm coming back. Hallelujah. I mean, the devil was so confused. Don't you know he was confused? Thought he had Jesus in the grave for good. All this teaching, all this stuff, it's over with. Let's move on. But early Sunday morning. Glory to God. He got up. The Bible says that had the princes of this world known it, that they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. They would have never... They would have never touched him. Because when Jesus came up from the dead, the Bible says he is the first begotten of the dead. Well, you know what that signifies? That there's two, three, four, five, six, seven, two million, three million. (laughs) I don't know where your number is, but your number's in there somewhere. And because he got up, you can get up. You can be raised up. Look at Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4 and 5. It says, surely. That's positive right there, isn't it? Surely he has, past tense, born, carried our griefs. The word griefs there is sickness and disease. And carried our sorrows. The word sorrows there in the Hebrew is pains. Say this with me. He bore my sicknesses and carried my pains. And it goes on to say, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Now, here's what I want you to see. Verse four, verse 5. But he was what? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, what are we? 
Now, I want you to pay particular attention to this fact that he was wounded. In other words, any wound that you may have in your life today, his wound supersedes that wound. Because he was wounded, you could be healed. Maybe you're wounded in life and you're kind of staggering down life's pathway. Maybe you have suffered a relationship that has gone south. Maybe you don't quite feel like you used to feel when you're 30. Welcome to the club. (laughs) Maybe it's been the death of a loved one or the death of a dream or a death of a vision and you just sort of feel like you're in the pitch. You just sort of feel like you're wounded. But I say to you today that he was wounded for you. And he knows the pain that you're facing and he bore it for you and bore it for me 2,000 years ago. What I had in my spirit in a time of prayer and time of preparing for this resurrection service was this, is that there is a lifting that is available to every believer. There is a raising that is available to you and to me. A lifting, a raising. I don't know about you, but I need to be lifted just about every day of my life. And I think it's awesome That His lifting power brought us, first and foremost, from death to life. You know, when you make Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, He takes you from the pit of spiritual death and He places you in heavenly places with Him and He gives you joint seating in the heavenlies. The Bible says that God is so very rich in His mercy. Wherewith His great love, wherewith He has loved us, He's raised us up together and He made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know, the good news is you're saved. The good news is you don't have to save yourself. He's already saved you. All you got to do is receive the free gift of salvation that He so freely offers you today. It's by grace you're saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It is the gift of God. And so there happened to all of us when we received Jesus, there was this lifting. That's a past lifting. But one day He will lift us. Don't you know that soon and very soon He's coming after His bride? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I want you to notice verse 13 and 14. He's coming for His own. And I'm going to live like He's coming today. How about you? In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 and 14, are you ready? Let's read it together. Everyone participate. We having... Next verse. Knowing that He which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus... And shall present us with you. Say this with me. He shall raise me up at the last day. So we could say this, that our future is up from here. Because in the twinkling of an eye, when the trump sounds, you and I are going to be changed. Our home, hallelujah, is calling us. And I believe with all of my heart that there's an upward call in every one of you. You know, I believe God wants us all to come up. 
to come up. There's a better day available for many of you here today. He wants you to come up. He wants you to be able to, to see what He's got for you. Now, in order for us to see what He's got for us, we've got to be lifted up. We can't just see it in our own strength. We just can't have vision imparted to us when we're so much just slowed down by the gravitational pull of this world system. There's people in here today that would say, you know, Pastor, yeah, I want to come up. I want to be everything that God's called me to be. But there's just so many things that have come against my life. There's just so many things that have have been wrong. Well, you know what it is? It is the gravitational pull of the world system. We could say it this way. It is the law of sin and death. And this world system is not designed for you to get ahead. Did you know that? You know, about the time you get a raise, the cost of living goes up. About the time you get a little equity in the bank, you know, the cost of homes goes down. You can't depend on the world system. The world system is tainted with death and sin. It is a law. It's in the earth. It pulls you down. It's designed to pull you down. But there is a law that supersedes the law of sin and death. It is the law of resurrection power. It is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Somebody says, why would you get up on that chair? Because I wanted to. You take off today from Oakland International Airport to go to Miami Beach, gravitation will hold you down. But aeronautics has made it thus that there is a law of lift that supersedes the law of gravitation. And that law of lift can take you up 30,000 feet above the ground. Dear brothers and sisters, the law of lift of life in Christ Jesus lifts you out of the pits of life, helps you to spread your wings and soar as an eagle. And you can look down upon life's problems and rejoice and laugh because He will make you glad from your position in Christ. Say with me, love lifts me. Love blesses me. So how many today need a lift? I didn't ask you if you need a ride home, but one time I was out in Modesto scheduled to teach at a television station and I ran out of gas and I was about two miles away from the station and I just sat out there and someone pulled up alongside, do you need a lift? Boy, do I ever. And along life's pathways, you'll need several lifts. But you know what? No problem. He is the glory and he is the lifter up of your head from every problem. Let's just just look at a couple scriptures today. Turn me to Psalms 3, if you would. The third Psalm. Let Him lift you today. Let Him love you. Let Him heal you. Let Him restore you. Amen? Psalms 3. Now, David, uh, let me just set this up for you. David is on the run from his enemies They're trying to take his kingship, trying to take his throne away from him. Some of his very own sons came up against him. 
If you've ever been in a family situation where there's family problems, that can really hurt. It can pierce you to the very core of your being. And so in a sense, David was going through that and he said, Lord, in verse uh, 1, Lord, how are they increased to trouble me? Now, that's not the kind of increase we want. He said, many, not just a few, many are they which say of my soul, many are they which rise up against me, many there be say of my soul, verse 2, there's no help for him in God. Anybody ever looked at you and say, no way, no Jose, no help for you in God. I've had that happen to me. But notice David's response, verse 3, did you wear your shouting clothes? Did you wear your resurrection garments today? But thou, read it with me. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory. Woo! My what? And the... My what? And the... Lifter up of my what? Lifter up of my what? Of my head. See, when you're in the pit, your head's down. But in the midst of your enemies coming against you, in the midst of your trouble, glory to God, He'll come on the scene with His resurrection power. He'll not only lift you out of the pit, but He'll lift up your soul. Now what this speaks of, what this speaks of is this speaks of restoration. Here's what David is saying. David is saying... He will restore me to the state from which my enemies have cast me down. The first step for being lifted out of the pit is to admit that you're in it. That was the first step for me to get off of drugs and alcohol is to admit I was one. Right? So the first step to get out of the pit is to admit that you're in it. And when you admit that you're in it, you're not acting so cool and calm and collected. You're crying out to Him for help. Sometimes the strongest prayer that I have ever prayed in my life is, Help! You're You're a shield for me. You are my glory. You are the lifter of my head. David is saying, God is going to restore my soul. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. He restores my soul. And not only will this restoration take me out of the pit, but it will restore me to the state or even a better state that I was in before I went to the pit. I believe because of his resurrection power today, restoration is available to you and to me. At one time, David prayed prayed this. You see, David wasn't perfect, just like you're not. And just like I'm not. David was a man who committed all sorts of sins. But he was smart. When he missed it, he didn't run from God. He ran to Him. Smartest thing you can do about sin in your life is admit it and quit it. Now, once you admit it, the help will be there for you to repent and to stay free. Yeah. Amen? Amen? He said in Psalm 51, he says, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation and uphold me or lift me with your free spirit. Amen. You know, Jesus is known as the good shepherd. And one day, 
the Pharisees were really bummed out because he was healing on the Sabbath day. You know, religious people don't really care whether a person gets healed or not. They just want you to do it according to their rules and regulations. But he said, look, there's not one of you. And I want you to look at this in Matthew 12, 11. He says, what man is there among you that there shall have one sheep and fall into a pit on the Sabbath day if you will not lay hold on it and do what? And lift it out. And lift it out. He is the lifter. He is the upholder. And so maybe you've gotten away from God. Maybe you stopped reading your Bible. Maybe this is the first time you've been in church since last Easter. Listen, no condemnation. We love you. Welcome home. Maybe in your heart, you know, you've meant to do better, but you just couldn't ever seem to do better. I believe His restoration is here for you this morning. And that He is the restorer of paths for you and I to walk in and walk down. But not only that, He is the restorer and He is the lifter out of sickness and disease. This scripture is burned in my spirit. It's something that I read just about every day of my life. Turn me to Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17. Jeremiah, the 30th chapter and the 17th verse says, and I want us to read that together. He said, For I will restore health unto thee, And I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because they called thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. Let's just read the first part of that verse again. For I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, says the Lord. Now notice that particular phrase, I will heal you, Of your wounds. You know, he is a savior that pours in the oil and the wine on that road of life that we've been wounded on. He does not pass by on the other side, but he is typified as the good Samaritan who pours in his love and pours in his oil. And pours in his wine and pours in his provision and makes sure that our wounds have been bound up. Isn't that good news? You see, there was a day in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, I want you to look at that in the Amplified, where Jesus stood up for to read on the Sabbath day. How many of you know Jesus attended church? We were in Israel and we saw the the synagogue that he would go to. He attended church and he took the the scroll from the book of Isaiah and he stood up for to read. Notice what he said. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. What that means is this, is Holy Ghost power is on me to help you. Because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, To preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. Let me ask you this. What's good news to the poor? Good news to the poor is this. Is he raiseth up the poor out of the dunghill. He has sent me to announce. I think it's very significant that he says this. He has sent me to announce release to the captives. 
He's announcing something to those that are bound, to those that are captive. Just like through me today, he is announcing, he is desiring to lift you out of any pit that you're in. And all the the captives must do is respond to that announcement and believe and receive. He has sent me to announce release to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed. Man, that's good news. And notice he defines those who are oppressed by this. Those who are downtrodden, those that are bruised or wounded, those that are crushed and just broken down by calamity. So he says, look, I am your answer. And I am here to lift you out of those things. Jesus never ever denied that we wouldn't have trouble in this world. But he did tell us in the midst of trouble in the world, be of good cheer for I've overcome the world. In the midst of those that are downtrodden, those that are bruised, those that are wounded, he said, guys, look, the Spirit of God is here today. And the Spirit of the Lord, dear brothers and sisters, is in this house today. And he's walking up and down every aisle of this church. And he is announcing your healing. He is announcing healing for your wounds of life. He is announcing restoration for your soul. You see, the resurrection power is available to all that believe. I love that portion of Scripture in Ephesians. Let me just quote it to you. In Ephesians, Paul is praying for the church at Ephesus. And he's praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that He would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of your understanding would be flooded with light, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power. Now notice, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power, which is to us word, or which is available to us who believe. See, there's without a question... Power is everywhere present in this room. Whether you can feel it, whether you can see it, whether you can sense it, His resurrection power is here. Which means it's available to those who believe. How many believers do we have here today? The object of this message is to get your faith built up. The object of this message is to get your faith built up in a God who loves you, who cares for you, and who reaches into your situation and gets involved in it, pours in the oil and the wine, and then lifts you up and puts you back on life's pathway with purpose and with joy and with hope. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. Look with me at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Well, first, let's go to Romans 8, 11, then we'll go over there. You know, I don't have a long word, but I got a good one today. I said, I got a good word today. You know, death thought they had them. Started having a party on Friday night. One of those weekend parties, right? Lasted all the way through Friday, Saturday, Saturday night. Looked like death had won. But thank God he didn't win. You and I win. 
In 1 Peter chapter, uh, in Romans 8, 11, it says, read this with me. And if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore life to your mortal short-lived bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. I'm announcing restoration this morning. I'm announcing restoration of dreams that have, been, that have died. I'm announcing restoration to your soul. Some of you have been a little down at the point of depression. I'm announcing restoration and a lifting up of your head today. I'm announcing restoration. God putting you back to the state before you got attacked in your physical body. I'm announcing it today. And in closing, I want you to look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. I don't want to preach all day because I believe that His power is here to do some great things. I believe that His power is here to touch you and to lift you and to love you. In 1 Peter 1, 3, read it with me. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What kind of hope? Unto a lively hope. Or to a living hope. We've been doing a little series on a living hope. Here's what I know about hope. Hope leaks. Vision leaks. And hope that is deferred will cause your heart to be sick. When you lose your hope, there's no purpose for living. But because of His resurrection, there's a living hope available to you right now in this place. How many of you received the Word today? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Your life. A life free from addictions. A life free from all that would bind. I'm announcing it to you today. You're here today and you say, you know, Pastor, on this Easter morning, I heard the word and I receive it. Today I'm going to plug in with my faith. And if you and others will pray for me, I know that the Lord will lift up me up out of that pit. I want to pray with you in just a few moments this morning. And there's others of you that, quite frankly, you don't know whether you're saved or not. You don't know whether you're you know, you don't know whether you're, you're born of God or not. Well, Jesus came to give us a no-so salvation. You can know beyond any shadow of a doubt before you leave this building today that you are saved, that you are born again. The Bible says if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to have a no-so salvation I want to have Jesus Christ come into my heart and into my life. We're going to pray in just a moment. And there's others of you that you just quite frankly, you need a touch from the healer today. You need to be restored in your health. We're going to pray with you by the laying out of hands. Then there's others of you that you've been like that person on the side of the road. You've just been wounded. You feel like you've been abused. You've been spit on. You're wounded. Let Jesus bind those wounds up today. Let him pour in his oil, pour in his wine. We want to pray with you today. If you're in that category, in that group of people, we're going to pray. And then lastly, 
There is no way that I could live this Christian life without being baptized in the Holy Spirit. There is absolutely no way that we can live an overcoming life without power from on high being available and being in our life. So I unashamedly...